Welcome to a podcast. In today, today's podcast, oh my goodness, I need vacation or a cocktail or both. I think I need a cocktail on vacation doing a podcast. Yeah. I think that's what I'm yeah. going to do. So, yeah. One of my favorite person to come back is Jessica Watts. And she's a sustainable revenue evangelist and is the co-founder of Mod CD. So, hi, Jessica. How are you doing, my dear? I'm good. Glad to be back, as always, of course. Oh, yes. You, you, you're one of the, the people I love to bring back because you have so much to share with us, so much, so many insights. It's super cool. I love it. So um, I'm going to jump into the, the topics right now. I have seen some of your uh, wonderful, inspiring uh, response to some uh, posts on LinkedIn. And one of them that I found it so interesting was um, layoff. And you made some great comment uh, about a month ago about some uh, shocking uh, to read some of the posts, uh, especially when you're talking about uh, mass tech layoff. So I wanted to know what brought you to jump on there and add your insight, which seriously, they were right on point, but I would like your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I think um, I, it's been a tough couple months for tech. I think it's been a tough couple months in general, right? I think like the pervasive topic has been the recession, how to deal with the recession. Um, I, investors, CEOs have all turned their eyes toward, um, you know, run rates um, and are are just, it's, it's a quite different market than it, than it was, you know, four to six months ago, even. Um, and I think what's so funny to me, and I think what's interesting to look at is how different the markets were six months, months ago to where we are today. Mm -hmm. So six months ago, it was, um, nobody could hire fast enough. Everyone, um, talent was one of the hardest things to come by. And again, the bulk majority of my experience exists in tech. So, um, mm-hmm. I can't promise that this mirrors every single industry, but at least if you've been sort of following around, along in the tech space, this has been, you know, more or less what's true. Six months ago, nobody could get talent fast enough. Um, largely because six months prior to that, we were also kind of coming out of the pandemic, you know, and all, all of the downsizing and all of the um, conservative planning that happened as a result of the pandemic, people were coming out of that and they couldn't hire fast enough. They couldn't grow fast enough. Everyone was recovering. All the plans were, you know, up and to the right, to the moon and, you know, 4X, 6X, 10X last year's revenue um, and building the teams and the, and the plans and the people to get them there. And then all of a sudden, you know, we hit this recessive dip and boom, layoffs, layoffs everywhere, layoffs from really, really big, well-known companies. Um, I think really some people may say mishandled um, communication strategies to team members who are being laid off, maybe not incredible executive presence um, from the CEO's leaderships and uh, leadership boards. Yeah, of these companies. Um, And I think what's so crazy is to see then while the headlines 
about your company are 40% reduction in staff, maybe mm-hmm. more, maybe slightly less, but within that ballpark to then go look at your company's page and see that you're still aggressively hiring, you're promoting this rocket ship culture. I think I think it was such a moment of reckoning from the reality of what's taking place at these companies mm-hmm. and the stories and narratives they tell about their brands. And I think that what we're seeing is people demanding more transparency and truth from brands um, and from employers. And I don't well, know that we've really seen it. I don't think that we got that. I don't I I think that we've... Yeah, I want to step on this one and I say good luck with you people because you will never have it. If at the first sign of trouble, they hear trouble, they will jump ship, even if it's it's not going to lead to a layoff. People have a tendency to go a little crazy and assuming (laughs) the worst on stuff that it's um, they didn't make it a good quarter. And, you know, they should have a reserve. Normally they have a reserve, but it depends how big they are. It depends if they are public traded companies or not, because unfortunately this is the stakeholder decide the fate of the entire company. This is why, I believe this is why people, when they work into corporate, maybe need to understand, you know, they have a sense of security when you work a permanent job into a corporate, but it's a false sense of security. Yeah. And I think, I think they're, it, it's just been a really wild time because mm-hmm. like I was saying, just six to eight months ago, we were talking about, um, about, you know, all, all of these employees were quitting in droves and they were, yeah. you know, they, it was impossible to find talent and the, mm-hmm. you know, the talent market was so impossible to navigate yep. and suddenly here are these employees and they're demanding these unrealistic things from their employers in terms of work-life balance and, and pay transparency and all of these things that I think companies um, are still even now, um, you know, n- maybe not embracing the way that we would like to see. And I, it's, it's crazy to see that and to now see the market that we're in and then also look not that far backwards and see the pandemic and see a lot of the same mistakes that were being made in the pandemic sort of happening again, mm-hmm. where we're seeing companies absolutely cut and brutalize critical business functions. It's going to take forever for them to recover. Meanwhile, you're seeing, again, not always, not always seeing this, but the, the generalities stand. We're seeing executives getting paid top dollar to lay off 40% of their staff. Um, oh, that's receiving, typical. Yeah, that and receiving incredible yeah. bonuses for, mm-hmm. the, for, yep. for the fiduciary advantages of having mm-hmm. done so. And I think that there is just a big conversation right now of what is the role of the employee? What are the rights of the employee? And it's really, it's wildly interesting to me. And I think it's specifically interesting to me because the entire mission and vision of our company is sustainable revenue. Yes. Why are we writing these growth plans to begin with? That is my question. Why did we think, why do we believe that success only looks like five to 10X last year? Mm -hmm. Why do we believe that's the right environment for people? And I think that is some of the base mission of Mud City is to help companies write more responsible revenue plans Mm 
Exactly. Because when you exist in a reality that's attainable, mm -hmm. it's not to say you'll never do a layoff. It's not to say that bad things will never happen. I don't think that you see it in droves like this. I don't think that you see these. <clears throat> I, th I think like the impact, because you're, the way you're doing, it's not the way that most people will run their companies are based on what the stakeholders, because the stakeholder at the end of the day, they don't care about the employees. They, they just want the profits. It's all based on profits. When it comes down to empathy, they don't care. They don't care who's going to get laid off as long as they make their share and their revenues and everything goes high. May as well cut. Your question right now, though, right? It's like, how long can that mentality last? How long can that? You know, until we, through? until they hired the right leaders on the top, and they told the stakeholder, "Well, have a nice day," and stop telling us what to do because we are gonna guide you to the company. You're gonna sit, and you're gonna watch us do the work the way it's supposed to be, instead than having those guys setting up whatever they feel like, whenever they feel like it, because the stakeholder wants to be happy. At the end of the day, they are not listening to the experts. Yeah. That's the I, problem. I, I think what's really interesting is, and I talk to my clients about this too, because obviously we tend to work with like-minded individuals who yep. will hire, hire us because they believe that they can grow potentially differently or that growth growth doesn't have to have a VC minded definition, right? Which is extra turn or bust, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it's, what is wrong? I had a client ask me this question and it, and it kind of changed a lot for me. What is wrong with growing one and a half to two X every single year, growing slowly, building a balanced business where you can <clears throat> really prioritize the employee, the employee experience, the customer experience, where you can really be methodical and plan. And the answer is there's nothing wrong with that unless no, you're being invested in by people who don't agree that that's their definition of growth, who want no, the return faster, right? Exactly. They want it now, instant gratification, or I call it the Harvard, Harvard mentality, which is we want the money now. We're doing the sprint, but we refuse to do the marathon. That's why um, 20 years ago when I saw this, and that's why I call it Harvard mentality, because I came from Harvard, actually. You can blast me for that, people. I don't care. Nothing wrong about Harvard. I can't. I came from Iowa State, so. <laughs> All right, we are good. So nobody else's comment after that. All right, we are not receiving anything. We don't <laughs> want to hear about it if you're from Harvard. But the problem was, what, 20, 25 years ago, that was the mentality, and it's still there and anchored that the, when they had a project, they wanted to make money, so they would go and get the big project done quickly. They wanted the cash now, now. Problem is, is after they were done, then you have to make another hit. You have to make another money. And this is what they did, is the Harvard mentality where we do first, we go for a sprint, not a marathon. It's like, you can do some sprint, but it should be a marathon because it is not a sprint when you run a business. You're going to experience, you know that, I know that. We're going to experience the up and down, but we need to be prepared. And most yeah. of those well, companies I mean, are not prepared. Employee burnout rates have never been higher. I mean, well, yeah. it, executives are leaving the workforce in droves. The executive tenure is shorter than it's ever been. And mm -hmm. no one's asking questions. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's an incredible 
it's not even that new. Simon Sinek, I think a lot of people know him. He's been talking about this for a really long time. And he's saying, why are we still running companies of the 90s? That exists the, the shareholder. Like the, the, the shareholder are the problem. The shareholder are the yeah. problem. Yeah. I'm sorry to say it. They come in because they want the money. It's based on money. It's based on profit and revenue. That's it. They don't care about the state of the company. Even, even every CEO that I've seen taking over other companies, instead, it, and to me, it's like, it's, it's an ego talking. They will go whip out everything from the previous CEO. Instead, then take it what the CEO has did and move it to the next level. No, they're changing everything, redoing everything, spending money on staff that is not necessary. Instead, and focusing on what can we improve? What can we change? And continue to move up. They don't. Every single one of them do this. And it's yeah. like, is it really your ego that big that you just want to whip out everything? And it's like, pick it up. I would pick it up from where it is to move it to the next level. Yeah, That's it. I this think, is how you're a good leader. I think it's really interesting <clears throat> because we teach, we teach leaders and, you know, MBA programs and all that. I'm, I don't have an MBA. Like I don't have any of those things that came from oh, a, don't worry. I don't have an MBA either. So you're good. We can I continue the conversation. A, <laughs> I, I came from a relatively unknown school, right? Like that I don't think would win me any accolades. And I sort of fought my way up on my own merit, but I think also we teach business principles that are relatively archaic yep. still. And I think the question is, when is the new playbook going to get written? Like, at what point do we stop and assess if this is working? Like, like where is the same sort of evaluation of the of the system that we have for all of the systems that exist within a corporate hierarchy, right? Like, it just doesn't exist for the entity itself. Do you, do you know when? It's when there will be no more sales. Sales it's, it's, drive everything. Like I always said, and I watched those billion dollar company. I work for some of them. I contract under, I was a permanent under two, I think that was it. Yeah. The rest was all contract. And the only thing they did and said them is the sales. As much as they make sales, they spend unwisely money on some stuff that didn't make any sense and instead oh, then reinforcing their IT reinforcing some of the stuff they should have done from beginning to end they just spend the money and they were lucky because the revenue was there but the day there is no more revenue then this is where the layoff and it's unrealistic layoff because it's all based on um accounting how much can I cut on this one this one without looking how it impacts the company as well Key people yeah. have led companies with everything in their mind. It's like, how are they going to run it? They don't run it very well afterwards because they don't know. And they don't take care of their, their employees. No, the day when there is a layoff, nobody is on site. Yeah. It's think, done very rudely. Um, oh, yeah. And, how, many, how many videos came out over the <clears throat> pandemic or beyond of employees actually recording their layoffs because it was happening over oh, a computer? It, it, it's, hor it's horrible. It's not only, well... At this point, it was computers, all right? But when you were, or when you are in an office, you go and by morning, you are, you're going to work, you start to work and then you're in mid morning, you've been called in and you pack up your stuff and you leave like a pariah. It makes you feel bad for five minutes. It's like, what the heck happened to me? I said, did I do something wrong? No, you did not. Or you've been voted out 
because mm -hmm. that's a great story. I have a good one on this one. Voted out. That was a vote. It was ridiculous. It's like, really? You get voted out? Wow. Am I on uh, on what? Uh, what is the, the show? Uh, Survivor? Did I get voted out? Yeah. It's ridiculous. The ridiculous. way they handle Leo, it is horrible. Um, it's never, you know, the, and the logic on it, the worst part of it too, which really upset me the most is, oh, we're doing it close to the holidays. So they're close to their family. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? You're doing this on Thanksgiving and on Christmas and on thing like that. It's like, really? You idiotic people. Really? You don't do that because they're spending their money. They are like, now what am I supposed to do? You ruin everything because they're not going to be singing Christmas, Carol Christmas uh, under the tree, knowing they got lit up. You know what I mean? The logic of it is horrible. The way they're doing it. So the way the companies are welcoming you, they're like red carpet. They love you. The day you decide to move out of the comp company, they, call it, they treat you as a pariah, like the enemy. The way they lay you off, they make you feel like crap or you did something wrong when you did not. It's horrible. It's like, be human. We don't ask you to give me the Kleenex, but at least let us know ahead instead than five yeah. minutes before the time. I yeah, understand I, some people go into a raging state and destroy everything. I totally understand. But not everybody does that. So I think that the humanity, the human side of it should be there. Some company... Uh, I have made an effort to say, okay, we're going to pay you for the rest of the month, but you can go now or you can be on call in between. That to mm -hmm. me, at least is a little bit better. It's still not the best, but it's a little bit better than giving the, the let go, give me everything and are escorted by security. Wow. How shameful. This is a walk of shame people are feeling. It's yeah. so bad. I'm sorry. It's, we don't want to be depressed. It's been bad for a long time. Like the, the culture around this, I think what's crazy to me is like, well, well, so many things have modernized within a work ecosystem. This mm -hmm. has not. The, the way we treat people on the way out and the way we treat people when, when we as corporate entities make mistakes mm -hmm. has not evolved really. Mm -hmm. um, it's like why we're still seeing, I mean, there was, there's sort of an infamous story of um, a tech company that I won't name, um, the CEO is sort of sending out an email and then going on vacation immediately after laying, you know, a huge workforce reduction. I mean, as well, you know, that's my bonus. Is that feeling good? It, no, it doesn't. And it's, it's just like the, the level of like disconnect from the executive function yeah. to the rest of the workforce, mm -hmm. I think is probably as disparate as it's ever been, or like as wide as it's ever been. And so you're left with this inherently us versus them culture. Yeah. Have to wonder, like, are we going to see more organizing in tech? Are we going to see like, what is going to happen? Um, because there's just this real mistrust. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily stating that that's inherently new, but it feels no, different. No, no, that, that always been there forever, except it's more highlighted now because mm -hmm. of COVID and the way we're doing, you know, we're working right now. So it's In, more apparent. Interconnectedness. Yeah, mm -hmm. the interconnectedness of the world. Like mm -hmm. we can now see whether or not we're ever supposed to see. We now see yeah. the email. We see the yeah. emails that went out. We see the yeah. videos with HR. We see people's yeah. experiences firsthand. We can imagine ourselves in them, even if it's not happening to us. I think like the empathy of the rest of the workforce is much higher because we're being exposed to it at, at a di in a different way. And it's just, it's really, 
it's really hard. And I, I think there's like a counterpoint that maybe gets discussed less, which is like the executive point of view, right? Like mm -hmm. executives are not infallible and executives will mess up and executives will make strategy decisions that don't pan out. Exactly. Or, you know, because of ignorance, they will agree to revenue plans that are unfounded and then yep. they'll build headcount plans for the rest of the org on revenue that they yeah. could never attain. Like these things happen. And mm -hmm. like, I, I think that there's this sort of suggestion that like, we can't have criticism of how layoffs are happening or yeah. around how they're handled because yeah. it's not compassionate enough to the yeah. fact that executives are in fact not perfect. Yeah. What that's missing is that there's an inherent responsibility to that seat. That seat comes with an incredible amount of compensation, an incredible amount of upside, an incredible amount of uh, accolades when things go right. It also comes with staunch criticism when things go incorrectly, and that is promised. Okay. It's promised. And okay. it's like, to me, I've seen just a ridiculous amount of content on LinkedIn right now that is coming from CEOs around, well, this is the hardest day of my life. And the infamous crying CEO meme that that went viral on LinkedIn of a CEO just having laid off his team and now he's crying and getting mercilessly wrecked on LinkedIn. And it's like, there's, there's a million things to unpack there, but this idea that like, oh, but it's hard for us too. It's not your moment. Like, this is not your moment. It, like your job in this situation is to be accountable to be honest and as transparent around the organizational shortfallings of which you are directly responsible and to set a path and a vision for how you don't end up here again. Unfortunately, what we get is like the woe is me and then we miss all of the action planning and accountability that mm -hmm. actually turns that organization into something different. I don't think anybody, I use COVID as like a good example when I talk about this. No one could have predicted COVID. There isn't an annual plan that you could have written that ever would have sort of assumed that that COVID was going to happen to your business. There right? was there were a pattern of some very like the Ebola that was to me made me nervous, and you got the SARS. So they were kind of a warning, but we did not know this would be coming. Yeah. I don't think at, if you look at history, actually the plague. You're looking at a bunch of every centuries had the flu, the Spanish flu had a big um, um, virus disease yeah, coming yeah. and doing this. However, we could not predict it, no, but they were kind of the signs that creeped me out on some of the stuff, especially when sure. you're talking Ebola. So, but sure. you're right, we could not predict. No, I don't think happening. any like CFO or CEO no, no. their annual plan could have sort of like no. assumed there was going to be no. a global shutdown. And nope. so I think, I actually think there was a deep amount of compassion for what, for what executives had to deal with. Yep. I don't agree that we didn't see a recession coming. I don't agree that we shouldn't have been writing recession-proof annual plans, at least best case, worst case, and not have agreed to best case hiring plans. Like the, the story of tech is that people who had just accepted jobs two weeks ago mm -hmm. in a hiring sprint were walked. That's how disconnected the left arm is from the right arm. Yep. 
and it it's just that that does bear criticism you know the fact mm-hmm. that you were two weeks ago yeah executing on a hiring plan that on an aggressive hiring plan for aggressive yep. growth purpose, it's like everybody saw this coming everybody mm-hmm. knew that there could be softness in the market and yet even up to two-ish, three-ish months before it was like really true, boards were still saying growth at any cost. Yeah, exactly. That is, that is the sort of irresponsible growth, the irresponsible running of companies and the irresponsible management of human beings' livelihoods that I think yep. there's a lot of them right now. Yeah, exactly. And that's the main issue. That's That's been the main issue lately and it shows more and more. Again, one of the issue is um, board of directors, stakeholders, and whomever influenced the company and who's at the top of the company, who should stand up for the people in his company and be the leader, not the face of the company or the carpet, what I call it. Because decisions have to be made. Well, the first thing they can do, actually, and I'm going to put this into the into the air right now, into the world, to the universe is, and some have done that in the past, take a pay cut, refusing yeah. to get their bonuses. And that was it. Was it the end of the world? No, but it gave the money to the employees and help to do not have people fired and help the company. Uh, so far, I heard that about, that was 20 years ago, maybe 10, maybe 10 years ago too. I heard it on some level, um, some of the leadership did that. But I have not heard anyone uh, saying that and saying, okay, leaders, we're not, we're freezing all of the salaries and you may be going to take a payback uh, for a year and we'll pull you back where you belong next year. But for this year, take a pay cut, blah, blah, blah. And so far, I've not heard anyone coming with this one. That would have helped, financially speaking. I also think, and I don't know if you agree with me on this or like, it's something that I've just been observing lately is we're sort of taught playbooks from our early experience working, right? The things that we observe or the things that we see companies do, they sort of become a tool in our toolkit, right? Something that mm-hmm. we feel like we could then deploy as we're more mature, or like further advanced yeah. in our careers. Yeah. There just seems to be in these situations it, it, an utter absence of critical thinking or creative problem solving. It's just, okay, this is the financial outlook. Um, and so how many people do we have to get rid of, um, to extend our run rate, um, and our run rate, right? Like, how, like, what does that look like? And then it's, it's almost always, okay, great. And so, uh, let's do so let's do the master, let's do the vast reduction from our perceived least valuable workforce. Right. Um, simultaneously the upper crush of your organization, the most expensive of your employees are never evaluated. They're never assessed. Very rarely. Or, it happened maybe it happened no, maybe once. Sorry, it happened maybe once. They did that first before they lay off, uh, and I was in a tech bio company. Uh, they did it. They went first. I was I was surprised about it. That was for leadership first, so they got rid of some of the leadership. Then after that, they did a second round, but this time was all of the employees. But it's never happened. They, they always keep those guys, and I'm like, that, those guys don't run the show. The, the employees actually are running the show. 
And to me, yeah, and I think I saw there have been a number and this is, I do love LinkedIn for this because you do get people sharing the experiences of mm-hmm. you're looking for it, the, the experiences of creative yep. ways that they've come through these situations where executives did take a pay cut. Um, yep. They redistributed um, their, their dollars to maintain their workforce. They took people yep. who were in in roles that were maybe not as necessary in recession and they yeah. proactively trained them into other yeah. roles so that they could actually maintain their headcount and then eventually transition them back when times were good. And then they yeah. saw this incredible and speedy recovery because parted ways with, you know, 40% of their staff, they didn't need to basically go through growth all over again from mm-hmm. scratch. Um, and those are the moments. It's like the, the decisions that you're making right now for your business to anyone who, got, God forbid, is like sitting down and, and asking these really hard questions of their business right now. The decisions that you make right now determine how quickly you recover. Yeah. Determining how quickly you recover determines if you win in your vertical in space. Mm-hmm. Is your competitor going to recover more quickly than you? Are they going to win more market share because they made different decisions right now? And I think mm-hmm. the best companies will, because the best companies always do make better decisions in downtimes. Mm-hmm. It's actually far, like it's far less about what you're doing when you're thriving. It's much mm-hmm. more about how you approach and strategize the down moments that are going to really gain you traction. Um, and I think you just can't play too conservatively right now, or you have to be creative. Um, the talent market conversely right now is incredible. Um, all of the, all of the clients that we're hiring for the, the, the talent is insane. Like if there's a way that you can be hiring right now, go get it, figure out creative ways in which you can, you can benefit from organizations who played their hands poorly. Um, and I just, I don't think that it's discussed enough, the amount of trust you can build with your employees if you play your hands right, right now. Um, if you show them that you're going to try very hard to do something different, even if it does mean that there's a light reduction in staff, I think people will look at you differently because you made different decisions than you could have. Um, and I think it's, it just stinks that these decisions are ultimately going to come down Mm -hmm. to the moral backbones of the humans in charge. And it really does feel like there should be alternate mechanisms in place to protect yeah. people in times like this, yeah. but maybe I that's what, No, I like the fact that you highlighted one thing, it's called cross-training. When you cross-train people to do something else. And it's better to learn this than and end up with uh, being asleep and say, have a nice day. So for me, I like the, what you said on cross-training people because if you can move them temporarily to another function and they can continue to do everything not only they do that function but if you need them to run what they were used to do as well then you get that person on site so that's mean you do not lose the momentum to recover actually you don't lose that person in the knowledge that go with that person yeah so and well, I, for me i think any anybody when given the option to well i guess i won't say anybody but give your employees the option right like hey we have mm-hmm. the opportunity to keep you and it would yeah. mean this and it might mean a light pay cut or it may you know mm-hmm. hey everybody's taking a 20% pay cut this year mm-hmm. including me and we're going to be pivoting some responsibilities to get through the next 6 months are you in yeah what a different conversation than absolutely oh, hey, uh, 
Yeah. And all hands with the company where it's, Hey, you know, in 15 minutes, HR is going to send out a calendar invite to anybody who's getting laid off today. Um, sorry. Oh, they don't. Can, they just contact you and say, can you come right now in the office in HR? Like, what did I do now? And they would start to do the walk. Sometimes they don't even tell you. They just said, you stay at your desk until we call you. And this is the worst feeling when people can have. It's like, am I on a chopping block? I have seen it in the past where an entire, I remember because I was, um, I don't know, I was at that time, I was calm and people were like, oh, freaking out you know, sit down for an entire day, a day and a half. So this day to the next day until noon, then everybody were in the office and they could not work. I was working. I'm like, well, if I get let off, I get let off. You yeah, don't know so what to do. It's, you know, your name is on there. Your name is on there. There's nothing you can do. It's too late. So I'm like, no, it's not too late. It's, it's happened. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's done. But it's the feeling and the dreadful feeling that you waste for a day and a half and the stress and it brings on people. For, you know, you're going to flutter fight mode. And it's like, holy crap, this is something you don't want to experience. So when you're being called out of the blue to go to HR, then they're giving you, the, 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 now it's green, I think, folder. I see the green, not the red one, but the green folder. And they decide to give you the rundown. Oh, we're sorry, but Brandon, did, you know, you're in shock. It's like, oh, I don't work here. Okay. And they give you information in your, oh, you need to do this, this, and I'm like, Really? You leave, it's like, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm in shock, so I'm going to just pick up my crap uh, unless we can give it to you. Oh, no, no, I can walk over there. Okay, let's escort that person, pick up her stuff, and go. Mm -hmm. Instead it's of shock, tricky. it's like, it's it's really shocking. So, you know, I understand some of this stuff. I understand you want to protect the company. Some people destroy the entire, you know, their businesses, whatever. But there is the human side. It's like, okay, that person is going to go in shock. What solution we got? Like you said, you brought some great solution that people could do. And the first one, well, you should have a plan. Mm -hmm. You should have a plan. You know, it's easy to overpay people uh, in leadership. And look at your leadership. You should assess your leadership at all time. Is, uh, do I have the right person in the leadership seat? If not, do I really need that person? And sometimes. You don't need some of them. They're just there just because they're pretty or they've been there forever and everybody's not going to touch them. But it's like, look at who you've got. Are you necessary? Are you bringing something to the table? Don't do me the yearly and review because we can talk for hours about this one. I don't like young reviews. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's a it's it's a monkey and circus show. It's, it's phony. But look at the people and... Is it necessary to have you in a company or not? Are you bringing something that helps us? If it doesn't, then it's time to go or do something else. But for me, there is, I'm looking at some time of the structure they have, and I see some waste of uh, money and time on people that should not be, that position should not exist. It's unnecessary to have it. In, in that those questions aren't asked, at the moment that hiring plans are generated no. um, and that we have like the, the specific, the specific example that sort of um, prompted my post was mm -hmm. a company who very publicly had a kind of large and not very well done layoff. Um, I was seeing their managers in team in like recruiters and HR folks posting that same day 
about open roles and about what a rocket ship they were. And it just struck me as honestly shocking. It's mm-hmm. like, is, is any, is anybody running the ship on, on like corporate communication right now? Mm-hmm. And like, and like perception and, you know, like empathy for, mm-hmm. and, and someone, uh, quite a few people challenged me and said, well, Jessica, they could have been laying off in one department, but, uh, but growing in another, right. Like depending on their strategies, well, I, like, I don't care. I don't so the care. question, so the question will be: Before you did the layoff and you wanted to open the department to more things, did you at least offer the job to the employees that could take that job? That would have been the questions. They don't, because generally they give you a month before they shut down your idea and everything else, and said if you find something between between, we we'll give you a month to figure it out. But did they proactively? You know what I mean? It's like in the pool of people that got laid off. I'm sure there were some people who could have done the job, but did they reach out to them? No, they just let them go. They did not want the extra mouth. A million percent. And then also, mm-hmm. well, are you like, okay, let's assume that's true, right? Let's yeah. assume that you had nobody who could have filled that seat. Let's assume that these yeah. seats are incredibly urgent to whatever, you know, recovery plan, you know, you guys, you're running right now. Mm-hmm. You're still running a TA process. You mm-hmm. don't think that your future talent wants to know what the hell heck is going on. Yep. They're, they're mid interview process with you. And they see that you reduce your staff by 40% that you did it this way and that you're not addressing it. It's like, if I am, if I am posting that I am hiring, it is coming with an acknowledgement and recognition of what is happening within my organization and why it's safe. Why, Why should any employee put their trust in you? Exactly. And that's, that's the question. And People don't ask the question. People will never go as deep than that. And I've seen it too many times that, yes, the, the company that laid off people, they have plenty of job um, openings right there. And they continue. They're not being pulled on hold. They're activating research and recruiting. And that's it, which is the oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. It's like, really? Oh, that's interesting. But would I go and work for that company? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I don't trust somebody who's doing this. It's just- they kind of. They kind of shatter their own reputation for people who realize what's going on because there's probably a mass of people don't realize what they did. But for the people who really look for companies that are trustworthy, oh, I not even bother to come to me. If somebody called me from over there, I would say, I'm sorry, no, thank you. You're not worthy. I don't trust you. That's and the I problem. think it's like for leadership, mm-hmm. mistakes happen. Like yeah. you have to learn somehow you're, you know, like I've certainly, I've certainly made my fair share, fair share of mistakes. I'm not infallible. I had, I had to learn a lot of these things by moving through processes that I then would reflected on and said, wow, I don't, that wasn't the way that I would do it again. But I took, I took the, I took the hit, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I was one who sat down with my team and said, this is what I would have done differently. This is where we veered off course. These are decisions that, you know, like I hold myself accountable to. See that that's called transparency, accountability, honesty, transparency. You apply by a different, um, 
set of rules than most people want. I'm not talking, I'm not going to say most people because that's not true. But the old way to do business, there is no transparency. The water is murky. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Try to swim in there. That's the problem Intent- for me. Intentionally murky too. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like oh, where yeah. you would or should have brought transparency to expectations or to job descriptions or to performance management plans or, you know, well, like, mm-hmm. why? You know, it, well, it, because, you know, uh, I call it the ego effect. Uh, the cancer starts at the top. And for you people, you know, when you work in the agile world, you work more as a team, you have a voice so you can be heard. In mm-hmm. the waterfall, you don't. We give you the direction, you follow the rules. And a lot of people still in big companies, not only small, because even small, I witness in very small companies doing this. But in a big companies, they are doing the same thing. They are purposely removing themselves, disconnecting themselves because they only want robots. They want lambs. They want followers. I'm sorry. I'm not a follower. So that never worked with me. But a lot of people are afraid and they are conditioned to never ask questions because otherwise it would be a retaliation. So they are afraid to ask those questions. And, you know, it's an advantage for leadership. To me, it's not leadership. It's dictatorship. You're dictator, and that's it. So, I I completely agree, and I just now there's this theme that I'm sure you've seen about quiet quitting and employees who are you know intentionally only doing what their job descriptions ask of them, and and there was this huge LinkedIn uh, drama around you know, well, employees are so lazy, they're not going above and beyond their job descriptions. And the counterpoint to that is we're not getting paid to. And also, you know, organizations are making it abundantly clear how disposable we are and why should we? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and like there is, it just feels like there's this this tension mm-hmm. in tech, especially right now, um, around the kind of cultures that are being created and the value, the actual value of an employee. Um, And it will be very, very interesting to see, I think what sort of, what transpires on the other side of the recession um, when companies are again, booming with, you know, with the demand and being being forced to grow now mm-hmm. um, and not just grow, but make up the deficit from from last year, you know, like you weren't able to attain X. And so you're going to carry that over with you. And it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Well, you know, uh, employee, I, you know, I'm not, uh, I like to make my point on what you just said, because for me, okay. I, I always been, I always did the extra, steps never been asked for it but if you pass me off i will do only my job my job description i'm hired for only this job Mm -hmm. that's it so why would i do the extra step why would you try to give me more things and the problem with companies instead then levering everything with people and said okay if we give this give you more benefits give you something else in exchange they don't they dump 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 you're not happy get out that's how it works and to me i've seen it more and more and to me, it's not right. It's like you use and abusing. And I'm like, no. So I always stood my ground because if you really piss me off, I did. I stopped to do it. I was like, no, I'm sorry. It's not part of my job. I've done that in the past. I pissed them off for five minutes, but it's not part of my job description. Just modify it and we renegotiate right there. Yeah. But if you're pushing 
And it's not asking to give 10,000 or millions of dollars more, but give an incentive of some form. Not for a little thing, but if you give more to the employee than you're supposed to do and go beyond, I will be for the incentive because sometimes it's not the paycheck they're looking on more extra. It's some of the incentive, like a, an extra day off or something they, yeah. they want to have so they can spend their time with their family. And if they were doing this, a lot of people will not be saying, oh, that's, that's not part of my job description. It's an old say I heard it a long time ago. So now it's coming back. It's not part of my job description. <laughs> And honestly, I think it's like, it's like a bigger question. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's strange to see how all of these things are sort of connected because there's been an increased focus on sort of like mental health in the workplace yep. and yeah. mental health of individuals that I think also corresponded with the pandemic when candidly, like no one was doing well, um, yeah. myself included. And I think, I think a lot of people candidly like got into therapy learned about things like boundaries, learned about mm-hmm. things like balance. And they're just saying, I'm not no, like just because you haven't, haven't, you company haven't been able to figure out how to navigate a remote environment doesn't mean that you can just burn me out. Just because exactly. your company haven't figured out how to navigate a recessive uh, market doesn't mean that, you know, I, I have to figure that out for you um, mm-hmm. because I'm not compensated to do so. And I exactly. think that has been a real absence, especially with like, I'm sure, like, the way that we engage with technology in our jobs has just me- meant there's been an utter absence of boundaries. Um, oh, absolutely. With and with your role and with your job and where like where where work starts and where work ends, what it means to be on the clock, what it means to be off the clock. Like the, there's an absolute absence of boundaries um, mm-hmm. and an absence of infrastructure. It's something we're working on right now at Mud City. I'm like I we need to, we need to create processes for Slack. Like we need to actually build boundaries for our employees to set with this technology, because if not, you are never off the clock. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And not, not because anybody is intentionally trying to make that. So, but because there are no guardrails or there, there are no rules, there is no guidebook for how this technology is leveraged. And so Mm -hmm. we're all at the whim of how each of us wants to work, which is toxic. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, there's so many, like the onion is so crazy layered on these topics. Um, because there's not been like one single thing you can point to. There's like 80 things that you can point to to sort of say, Oh, and like, here's the culmination of, of like where we stand right now. Um, and it's interesting. It is. And today was very deep one today. We don't want to depress everybody, but that was a very, 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 uh, strong, uh, topic, but I wanted to talk about it because when I saw your post, I'm like, okay, I need to, to bring this one to the surface. And you know what? It's not an easy topic. Um, mm-hmm. but it needs to be, we need to, te- you need, to, we need to start a conversation. So we are starting the conversation because these need to be talked to and figured out from leadership, uh, point of view. That's why you got, uh, coaches who are specialized for leadership to explain and reconnect with employees because there is a disconnect. The agile world, as I said, um, is doing a better job when it comes down to communication and connection. But a lot of people don't know how to navigate the world of agile, so it's very, comp- it's still very complex. Yeah. And you got the old ways, you got a new way. You have to find a balance, and the balance starts within us. 
But I will believe that if one leader is compassionate enough, has enough empathy for his team or his or her team, then they can make a difference for that team when it comes down to uh, layoff or any hard time. Be honest and let know people. I had one person I remember, uh, still the same tech company, that when they were going up and down, he was honest, even though he wasn't supposed to say anything. He said, yeah, we got bad numbers. We're going to see what's going on. Maybe they're going to be left. We don't know. But at least he was honest to keep people informed. So his team was had a better trust with him and will go the extra miles because he had empathy for his team. He took care of his team. Yeah. So and I, to me, that makes a huge difference. And I think you can't forget that in these moments, your personal brand is being built as well. Um, You may be part of a company, but people will remember the discussions and dialogues or absence of those things that they had from you Mm -hmm. while you navigated through it um, with them. And I would, it's a really tough thing, but I would challenge people who, who feel scared to do what they personally feel is right. Yeah. To make sure that if you're in a situation where you have the opportunity to do to bring clarity or to bring empathy or to bring creative solutions or creative problem solving to try. Um, because like you have to live with yourself on the other side of all this. Um, yes. And, and that's something I think that can get lost in all of it. It can be ignored, but they will chase you no matter what. Like we said, you know, karma is always there to remind us things. So one way or the yeah. other, if we are taking it lightly, like on vacation where everybody's being laid off, then trust me, they pay that later on. And I will say that CEO will be remembered for a very long time. So if he lost his job or he, I don't know if he was the founder or not of that company, but anyhow, anywho, if he wasn't, trust me, nobody's going to hire him at the end of the day. Because they're going to remember him. It's like, yeah, that's not happening. I don't want this to represent my company. I don't want this near me. That's that's yeah. like a, a nuclear waste right there. So that's why. But no, I'm, I'm glad we talked about it today because I wanted to engage with this one. I promise, guys, the next one will be happier. All right. But <laughs> this to me was a great topic because I wanted your insight. And I know when you, you responded, I'm like, okay, I have to talk to you to know more and <laughs> more, more in depth. But, but I love those kind of conversations, right? Yeah. Because it, you speak for experience, I speak for experience, and it's just giving the state of where we are right now and really mm-hmm. highlight what leadership should be doing and the connection and the, the disconnect, and especially with HR in the middle who they don't have a clue what, you know, you know they do what they're supposed to be doing, but there should be something done a little bit better for employees, regardless if we're working for remote or not. The process should be a little bit um, handled better, I think. Yeah. And it's and and it's hard. It's hard to let go of people to start with. It's very very difficult, but it has to be taught. It does. It really does. I agree. Good. So, good conversation. I know. I hope I didn't depress you. <laughs> no. Good. No. All right. no. I mean, we we've been talking about this. It's this certainly isn't what does that? I think it's kind of having been in the midst of seeing it happen over these last few months. That's been tough. Yeah. This, this certainly is not that. So, and again, you brought the solution too. So if you want to get a hold of Jessica, you can go on LinkedIn and connect with her, or you can connect on 
what is your email? Is it Jessica at Mud City? Yeah, am I correct? Dot com. Dot uh, io. Yeah. Dot io. Mm -hmm. So Mud City, you can check it out if you need to connect with her because I believe that because you do so many things and processes and stuff like that, they're so interesting and you can help those companies as well to have a yeah. contingency plan because I think and I think we should write actually uh, uh, what do you call it a blog on the contingency plan is do you have a contingency plan if you don't well maybe you should because today is beautiful but it's always going by way if it's like the planet i'm swinging one way it goes to the other way as well so people really need to have that contingency plan so please connect with jessica and she's coming back next month she has no choice <laughs> i'll see you then <laughs> we don't know what the topic is gonna be I'm sure it's going to be interesting one. As I said, she has a lot of knowledge. I love the conversation we've got. And today was a very deep one. But again, I will put it in the description. Description: Do you have a contingency plan? Because we need one. Every company should have one. It's like the emergency one in case of fire. We should have one in case of roller coaster recession. Whatever going on in a company, you should have one and implement that and make it realistic, by the way, guys, don't do something that it doesn't make any sense, but it has to be done realistically. And when you got one, update it every year and run it down and make sure that, you know, as your company grow, then that contingency plan should be evolving as well. But at least you got one, so you don't do 40, 50% layoff because you got nothing. Yeah, exactly. So, well, we'll talk to you next month. Jessica, thank you so much to be on uh, any, Anytime. It's my favorite. Fabulous. Take care. Bye. Awesome.